0: Hey, y'all, and welcome to the Hill Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us today. We pray that this podcast will encourage you, will deepen your faith, and will inspire you to make Jesus famous. Let's dive into the
1: message. Amen, amen, amen. High five, Someone tell them it's good to be at the Hill. Good to be at the Hill, y'all. Good to be at the Hill. Good to be at the Hill. Can, can Come on, somebody. Good to be at the hill. Love you, all. Love you, too. All right, y'all, we're continuing our series. <laughs> Spring forward, man. We're excited about it, man. We're excited to share today. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to be in Genesis 14 and then Mark 14. Um, my title today, I don't, don't always tell you my title. Maybe at some point I do, but I'm going to have you say it with me. It's called giving a response. Giving a response. Touch High five your neighbor. Tell him giving a response. response. Giving a response. Genesis 14. If you'll throw that up there for me, and then we'll be in Mark 14. Here's what it says. After his return, talking about Abram, after his return from the defeat of Chatham Lamar, the kings who were with and the kings who were with him. They, the, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Sheba, and that is the king's valley. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, because he was the high priest of God most high. Come on. And he blessed him, and he said, blessed be Abram by God most high, possessor of heaven and of earth. And blessed be God most high, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him a tenth of everything. Let's go to Mark 14. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, he was reclining at a table and a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment and pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. And there were some that were with him and they said indignantly, why was this ointment, why was it wasted like that? For the ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and and given to the poor and they scolded her. And Jesus said, leave her alone, man. Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you'll always have the poor with you. And whenever you want, you can go and do good for them. But you won't always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, whenever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Okay, we are talking today, guys, as we're continuing our Spring Forward series. We're talking on giving. We're talking on the tithe. And I'm excited about it. Um, If we go back to Genesis uh, 14, you have Abram show up, right? Abram goes to war. His his nephew gets taken and and abducted. And Abram goes to fight for him. And and he's in this war. and, And he wins. And it was good. He comes back and he has this encounter with Melchizedek Mechizedek, y'all, is the first place that we see a high priest. It's the first place that we see the tithe in Scripture as well as the first place that we see the high priest mentioned in Scripture. That's why later in Hebrews it says, Jesus in the order of Melchizedek the high priest. All right. I, I love this because whenever Abram, he has this encounter And he understands that that, that he's got some stuff to do. And he understands that God has a promise on his life. And there's some stuff that that God wants him to do. But before he does it, he says, I'm going to start my life out right. I'm going to start this out right. And I'm going to give a tenth of everything. Now, Abram, guys, is called the father of our faith. How about this one? Y'all know this one? Father Abraham. And many sons had. And I am one of them. Okay, that's good. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go all there because we have people dancing and right arm and left arm and we don't need any of that. But nevertheless, he's called the father of our faith. Now, it's interesting. The father of our faith, before he ever becomes a father in reality, the father of our faith, the father of Israel, the father of a nation, before he ever ever experiences the fullness of that, he said, I'm going to make sure I start my family out on the right path. Okay, he said, the father of faith is saying I'm laying a foundation of giving for my children and my children's children he said I'm trying to start something that will last for generations to come I, I want to start a heritage that my children's children's children can be blessed by guys when we, when we talk about when we talk about faith he's the father of our faith we see the first thing he did was tithe and I think it's important for us to understand that finances, is the first level of faith. Yes. Someone says, okay, well, pastor, what do you mean? How can you believe God to cure cancer if you don't believe he'll help you make your bills? Come on, somebody. Come on, you're gonna be quiet on me today. Come on, somebody. Like, like, how can I believe God in the midst of a storm, in the midst of when all hell is breaking loose in my life? How can I believe God for a hope if I can't trust him with my daily bread? How can I trust him for these supernatural things? Basically, what I'm getting at, guys, is you can't trust God for the supernatural if you won't trust him with the natural. Right? Right? If we can't trust him, how can we believe him for a supernatural if we're not giving him access to our natural? Are you with me? Right? <laughs> so this tithe that is instituted in this setting of scripture. And I'm using Old Testament and New Testament for people that say, well, that was an Old Testament principle. That's why I'm using two stories to bring across one point. I, I like this, guys, because first of all, when we talk about the tithe, the Bible would say it would go to your storehouse. That's your church. Okay, so if this is in your church, don't tithe here. You can give wherever you want, your free will offering, but your tithe goes to your church. I had a guy call me one time. Uh, he lost his dad, and, and they couldn't pay their bills, and he, was, he had just started welding, was making good money, and, but he wasn't really counting on having to pay uh, his his farm, his parents' farm payment and parents' cattle payment and, and car payments and all this. He wasn't prepared for that, and he called me. I was a youth pastor Time in Job, and he said, Pastor, boy, I don't know what to do. I can't, I can't afford to pay all my bills and all my parents' bills, and, and it's tight, and, you know, my dad's been gone three months now and we're trying to figure out what life looks like and I said well bro let me ask you a question are you tithing and he said tithing I don't know what that is I said well man here and I explained it to him and it's a tenth and and you give to your church okay I didn't say you write me a check come on somebody I didn't say you give to my my church I said you give to your church and you tithe there and the Bible says that God honors that and he blesses that and he takes that and makes it more than enough so he called his mom and he said, hey, mom, um, I, we need to take 10% of my check that came in. He was on the road welding, and I need you to take it to our church in the morning. And she said, well, honey, we can't afford that. Don't you love it how your mama calls you a honey when she thinks you're wrong? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Anybody? Or is that just me and my mama? Come on, come on. She said, honey, we, we can't afford to do that. And he said, I know, but, but, but Pastor Bo told me, and, and I trust him. And, and he said, you know, he said this is what God would do. And, and she said, baby, you don't understand. We don't have enough money to pay our bills now. And you're asking me to take 10% of what's not enough and give it somewhere else and we ain't got enough to pay our bills now. And my buddy went, but if we ain't got enough anyhow, come on somebody, if I, if I, if I can't pay it anyhow, if it ain't enough anyway, why don't we just see if God will do what his word says he'll do. Let's just see what happens. So she said, well, I guess it's your money. So she, she took a check and took it in there and she wrote a check. And that week, now they had, you remember his, her they had hospital bills piling up and everything piling up. And they called him and they said, hey, you owe us $300 a month for the rest of your life from taking your firstborn. Come on, somebody. And, and you know how debt works. And they said, but you know what we're going to do? We're going to wipe this $300 a month payment. We're going to wipe it clean forever. We're just forgiving the debt. See, that's how this works just last year when I'm talking tithe goes to your church just last year I had a guy call me and he said hey man I like what you're doing I like what the hill's doing and I've uh, he's a contractor and he made pretty good money so we've got this I've got this bid coming in and, and I'm going to make several I mean I'm going to make a ton of money on it and I want to tithe to your church is that okay and I said absolutely not I said no you can't tithe to my church because you go to church somewhere else now believe me it was about 10 grand I could've, we could have used it come on somebody but I said that's it's still not the heart of God you tithe to your storehouse. And he said, okay, that's what I'll do. Come on, somebody. See, and God blessed him for it. See, I'm reading this setting of scripture and I'm noticing so much notice that when it says that he met Melchizedek, it was in the Valley of Sheva. Did you notice that? Put that up there. Verse 17, I think it is. It was in the Valley of Sheva. That's the King's Valley. It's interesting because the, the word Shava in the Hebrew, you all know I like to study words out. The word Shava in the Hebrew means level plain. Now, it's funny because it's a valley, but the Bible says it's a level plain. Now, this is the place the first high priest is instituted that we see, and it's also where the tithe is instituted. Now, I think it's interesting. Because it's called the King's Valley. But yet it means level playing. I think it's interesting that God is showing us when it comes to giving, it's a level playing field. Come on, somebody. See, it has nothing to do with how much, but, the, but it's t- he's talking about a tithe or a tenth or a percent. See, what makes the tithe so powerful for everybody, it's not equal giving, but it's equal sacrifice. Nice. Are you with me? See, he's saying when it comes to the tithe, because it's the king's valley and it's a level playing field. He says when it comes to the tithe, anybody can be a king. It's the king's valley. It's the place anybody can be a king. We, I, I love what's going on here. Melchizedek has this encounter with Abel. And we, we go forward into in Mark 14. And Mary, she walks in the room. And they're eating fried chicken, glory to God. And they're having fun. And she walks in the room. And the Bible says that she breaks this alabaster jar of ointment. Right? Now, it costs a year's worth of wages. Can you imagine men coming home and going, <sighs> baby, you smell good. What is that? And she said, it's a new fragrance called spikenard. Smells delicious. (laughs) Spiking hard, man. You know what you're thinking? I'm thinking, how much that cost? And she's like, a little bit. (laughs) One time my wife got home and I I had a box laying there. And she said, hey, what's that? I said, babe, I bought me a present today. I bought me a present today. She goes, you did? What is it? I said, it's a Glock 45. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Glory to God. She walks in the room and, 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 and she spent a year's worth of wages, y'all, on some perfume that she, she used. And the Bible says that we know from other texts that Judas looked at it and he goes, man, what a waste. Why would you waste that money when it could have been given to the poor? Do you think Judas cared about the poor? Y'all, yeah, Judas was skimming off the top. He was was looking at his percent of what he was going to hit in his bank account going down. And Judas was looking at it saying, why would you waste that on Jesus? I begin to think about our lives and think how often do people look at us and look at the way you live and they say, well, you're a little overboard. You don't have to spend that much time serving. You don't have to spend that much time giving. You don't have to. It looks to me as if you're kind of waste. my God in heaven. And I, my reply is real simple. I'd rather waste it all on him right now than waste my eternity without him later. Come on, somebody. See, I love what's going on in this setting of scripture because some people will tell you you're overboard. But Jesus says, it's just right. It's just right. I feel, you guys ever go for your annual checkup to the doctor? Man, know what I'm talking about? And he pokes and he pushes. He pokes here. Does that hurt? And he pokes here. Does he pushes here? Does that hurt? Come on, man. He pokes here. Does that hurt? Does this hurt? Does this hurt? Does this hurt? Now cough. does this hurt does this hurt does this hurt and then he notices your reaction and he goes did, did it hurt there and you're like yeah that was uncomfortable and he says "Ooh, we should check this a little further because it's not supposed to hurt here that's what I feel like when I talk on giving and tithing I'm poking and I'm prodding and I'm looking at some reactions and someone don't like it. Come on, somebody. And I'm going, don't get mad at the doctor. I'm just poking and prodding. Don't get, I'm just, don't, don't go home saying Dr. Bo is mean today just because you're out of shape in an area. Come on, somebody. Don't blame it. I love it. Come on, somebody. Are you with me today? I love, love, love this setting of scripture because we ain't going to waste it. We're going to pour it. Come on, somebody. It's all in the way you view it. He said, don't waste it. She said, I ain't. I'm pouring it. I ain't wasting it. I'm pouring it. So my question, I'm reading these settings of scripture. I'm reading about Abraham where Abraham set up this tent, this tithe principle. And my question is pretty simple. Why? Well, why would have Abraham gave him a tenth? Because there was, no, there was no mandate. There was no indictment. There was no law for him to do such a thing. There was no reason the Lord didn't speak to him and say, Abram, from henceforth you shall give. He wasn't like that. It wasn't like that at all. Like Abraham, or Abram in this case, was in a mode of worship, in a mode of adoration for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And when God walked in the room, he looked up at God and he said, "I'm going to make my worship interactive. Come on, somebody! I'm not just going to sing a little louder. I'm, I'm going to make it really, truly interactive. I, I'm going I'm to do something a little more." And then Abraham responded, <sighs> "The tithe they're giving—it's a response." So let's say my title again, giving a response, giving a response. He's responding to a bunch of stuff. First of all, the first thing that we see he's responding to is the word. The priest walked in and said, verse 18, um, and, well, there you go. you go back up just a little bit. Let's see what 18 and 19 looks like. Go to 19. And it says, and he blessed him and said, so from this moment, he begins to bless Abram. And he says, you're blessed and highly favored, right? But what I love is Abram responds to the blessing of God before the fruition of that blessing came to be. Are you with me? He said, I'm going to bless you, right? You're blessed by God most high. Abraham received that blessing before the promise or the fullness or the fruition of that promise ever happened. Let me tell you why that's powerful. Because what if we truly begin to believe the word of God? And when he said we're healed, we believed it. And when he said we're blessed, we believed it even when we didn't feel it. And when he said we're forgiven, we believed it even though I still got some stuff that I'm working through. What if we believed what he said? even if we're not on the other side of the river yet what if what if we were like abraham said i'm responding to what you said even if it's before i'm living it out i love i love his response here what if we owned it what if we truly truly believed that we were redeemed and restored because he said so when, when I was growing up, I don't know how you were with your mama, but when I was growing up and I said, mama, can I, can I go out and play? And she said, no, you're grounded. And I said, what am I grounded for? Can I go out and play? And she said, no, not till, not till two because you're grounded, you know, till two. And I said, but mama, I really want to go play outside. But mama, but mama, but mama. And she said, what? And I said, can I go play? And she said, no. And I said, why? And she said, because I said so. See, my daddy, when he said, because I said so, I understood that daddy's word was final regardless of what I felt about daddy's word regardless if I appreciated daddy's word at the moment I'm trying to get to a place like Abram that I'm standing on my daddy's word and even if I don't feel it I know his word is final and he said it and he done it and he paid the price to fulfill it because daddy said so because daddy said so. Mary walks in the room and we don't know what happened. The Bible calls her a sinful woman. We don't know all the fullness. I'm, there's a bunch of groups uh, as you study that believe different things. I'm in the group that would think that Mary uh, in this study of scripture, the sinful woman was, would have been a prostitute. But she walks in the room. Mary, this sinful woman, possibly this prostitute, she walks in the room full of adoration. Why? See, Jesus must have said something to her at some point. Can I tell you the word is alive? Yes. And when the word is released over your life, Scott, it has the power to change you. It has the, guys, the word of God, it is alive and it changed this woman. And it can change your character and it can change your future. The word has a way of changing things about you guys. It has a way of refreshing your outlook. It has a way of helping you lead, helping you work, helping you run your business, helping you run that farm. It has an ability to help you, help you be a better parent. And it has an ability to help you love to the fullest of your potential, your family. His word, the word of God. Now some of you opened it and some of you turned it on this morning, but either way, the word is powerful sharper than any two-edged sword dividing both bone and marrow the word has a way she walks in the room and she walks past the fried chicken and they're talking and she walks up behind Jesus she breaks this alabaster jar and she said because of the words of life that you've released over me it's changed me it's given me hope it's given me a future because of your word I'll pour it out and she began to pour it all out on Jesus. They were responding to the word, but they just weren't responding to the word. They were responding to grace. Matter of fact, whenever it says uh, that, that he brought blood, uh, um, um, wine and bread, that's referring to the body and the blood that would be broken for you. He's talking about Passover or communion because he's the first high that's the, reference, uh, um, that's the reference of what's going on here. And Abram had just went to war with 318 men against a kingdom. And he won. How crazy is that? You ever been in that place where there's no way you should have won? You never should have made it out of that situation. You never should have got free from that addiction. You, you, your marriage shouldn't have made it through that, that hard point. But it did. And you're still alive. And you're still proof of the fullness of God and the love of God. Is there anybody that's been in that place where you shouldn't have made it through but you did, and you and you don't know what to do. He was in this place when he shouldn't have made it through. He was outmatched, outnumbered, outmanned, and outarmed. And he won anyhow. Amen. My God in heaven, that's a place to shout right there. Amen. You ever been in that place where you feel like there's no way you can win, but war is imminent? Right? The struggle is real. You can't, you can't face it. But then grace upon grace showed up, and he won. Have you ever been there? You ever been there walking through some stuff that there's no way out, but you made it out? Or moreover, maybe you're living your dream. Can I tell you, you probably can't take full credit for it. Someone probably helped you get there. And that someone is definitely Jesus. Come on, somebody. Have you ever been there? And you don't deserve it all by yourself. There was a time I was working in sales. And I worked hard. I didn't make a ton of money, but I worked hard. Come on, somebody. Anybody know what I'm saying? And uh, we had two cars because we have two adults. And uh, my wife is playing college volleyball, and, and I'm working. And um, we're, uh, the Lord speaks to my heart, and says, I want you to give this car to this family. And I said, well, God, that's cool. But see, the, pro- the problem is, Jesus, I only got, one, I only got two cars. And then, and then I just have one car. Then hmm, what's that going to look like? He said, that's a good point. I want you to take that car and give it to that, this family. I said, well, I, see, the problem is I heard you, uh, but the problem, I disagree because <laughs> then I can't afford, be, and I can't buy another car, and then my wife, and then she ain't going to have a car, and I go to work. With, so I just, let's rethink this strategy. How about I give them, maybe I'll save some money and give them money for a down payment because, see, this car's paid off, and, and I, I don't want to have to get a loan. And I'm having this conversation. you ever tried to argue with God? <laughs> Let me let me help you today. He wins and he's right and you're wrong and get over it. I come home and I said, babe, call her baby because I love her. Come on, somebody. I said, babe, uh, the Lord spoke to my heart today and we're supposed to give this car to this family. And she said, okay, honey, whatever you want. <laughs> the one time I wanted to argue with me, she has to go and, and do what Jesus said she should do. I was like, for real, you're just that easy, huh? Just give it away. Okay, whatever. <laughs> So I said, okay, babe, we're going to pray about it. But I feel like she said, I agree. I trust you 100%. Well, what pressure is that? Now, if it fails, whose fault is it? <laughs> His fault, he told me. Come on, somebody. Oh, this lady used to be at the hill. She passed away. She would sing and play. And I'd say, Nona, that was amazing. And she'd say, if it was good, praise Jesus. If it was bad, blame him. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I said... Uh, so I have this conversation with Megan, and I call the family, and I said, hey, I want you to come over. I want to give you, I just got a little something for you. And they come over, and I give them the car, and it wasn't anything fancy, but they didn't have it, and so they needed it. Come on, somebody. And I said, so, so then Megan, now I go to work at 3 in the morning. She has to take me to work. See, giving is sacrifice. It's naive to think there's not going to be a sacrifice if you give. And tithe is a, a no-brainer, but if you're going to give above, There's sacrifice. David said, I'll offer nothing to God that doesn't cost me something. I'm having this conversation. I said, well, we got to go to work. So then she started taking me to work every day at 3 in the morning. And we knew we'd get another car eventually. And about three weeks later, she's taking me to work. (laughs) It's great. She's taking me to work. And... I run into some people, and they said, hey, um, there's this business that this guy had, and then what had happened was he had done something illegal, and so now someone has to own this business, and can we give it to you? I went, excuse me? <laughs> How much? And they said, no, no, it's f- free. I said, I'm sorry? <laughs> Say that one more again. They said, we just gonna give, we just, we're going to give it to you because <laughs> it's not ours to sell because the guy did illegal stuff and now no one owns it so someone has to take it and we're just going to give you this business free and clear and I said sign me up and I took that business and I grew the sales and I, I grew that business and grew the business about 10 months and then 10 months later I sold the business and I did the math yesterday before I preached in Nevada because I was curious and I sold that business for about 10 times what the car I gave away was worth Now, you can shout for your stories. I don't know your stories. All I know is when God has told me to do something, he's never left me holding the bag. Amen. As I've obeyed the voice of God, I mean, he's never left me. nor forsaken me? Nor said, well, hope your wife like, likes getting up at 2.30. <laughs> at that point in my wife's life, uh, she, again, she played college volleyball. She'd stay up late, but didn't have to get up too early for school. And I'd say, babe, you got to get out of bed. And she goes, babe, I need 12 hours sleep. Come on, somebody. <laughs> that was her at that point. Now we have four kids. It ain't like that anymore. Mary was broken. She lived this sinful life, y'all. Like, like she, she wasn't a candidate for anything special. She wasn't a candidate for hope. She wasn't a candidate for future. She wasn't a candidate for anything. But grace walked in the room and grace washed her sins away. Now, I got to tell you what I love about this. Because grace will wash your sin away, but grace will also wash your shame away. Now there's a difference. Because sin is the way God views you. Because he can't look on sin. So when he paid the price, when Jesus paid the price, sin was washed away. But when shame is washed away, shame has nothing to do with the way God views you. And everything to do with the way you view you. So when I start to see myself as the pure and spotless bride that Jesus paid the price for me to be, all of a sudden, my issues I know don't get in the way of me and God because his love for me is so great. He's, Mary had these issues. She, her, the grace showed up, and no longer did she walk in shame as the embarrassment of the family. No longer did she walk in shame of what are people going to say because she had a new name. Amen. She had a new identity. Yes. That grace delivered to her. Christ. On that day. Mary. Y'all. Matter of fact. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Says behold. When we're in Christ. We're a new creation. Guys. The breakdown of the Hebrew. That is. is it's, think like. Uh, transformers. Like. Like. Bumblebee was an old busted. Whatever. Like. Little VW bug. And then. It transformed. Into this really expensive Camaro. That's what happened. When grace. walks into the room. In your life. You had no value. People walked by you. No one cared. But when grace. Showed up. All of a sudden, value was pulled out of you by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony, and you became who God created you to be. Grace moved in her life, and she broke in the room, past the fried chicken, past everybody. She busted that alabaster jar, responding to the grace of God in her life. She said, I'll pour it out. I'll pour it all out. They responded to the word. They responded to grace. And thirdly, they responded to breakthrough. Abraham goes to war against kingdoms. 300 people against a kingdom. And he won. And not only did he win, but he recovered his entire family that was abducted. He recovered Lot, recovered everybody that was abducted by him. He recovered everything. Can I tell you? Nothing. It looked like it was over. But nothing is too far gone when God is involved. And if it feels too far gone, get God involved. Get get God involved because it felt like there was no way they would recover, but then they did and Abraham had breakthrough in his life and he responded because of what God was doing and what God was about to do. He was responding to the lives that were changed and the lives that were saved. Mary comes walking in that room, sees the fried chicken. She's got this alabaster jar and as she scans the crowd in Mark 14 or a recount of this is I believe in John 12, she scans the crowd and she makes eye contact with Lazarus now the interesting thing is in John 11 Lazarus was dead he didn't catch it she walks in the room and makes eye contact with a guy a few days earlier who was dead she makes eye contact with him. That guy happened to be her brother. And we know this. Whenever Jesus walks up, Lazarus was dead. And Mary felt like God didn't care. Felt like God wasn't there. Felt like God, God wasn't on time. Mary was in this place feeling like God could care less about her situation. Have you ever been there? Just felt like, God, do you care? God, do you even, under- do you even see what I'm going through? Do, do you know how I feel right now? You ever been there? Have you ever been in that place? That was Mary. Jesus walks up and she 's like you 're late. You're t- you ever told that to somebody you 're too late too late. Jesus y'all comes walking in the room past Mary. Mary falls in worship, and, and they have a quick conversation, and long story short, He moves the stone and he says, "Lazarus, come out of there, and Lazarus come walking." out of that tomb don't you understand Mary walking in the room when she saw Jesus when she saw Jesus she turned and she looked at Lazarus who had been dead and she realized he still brings the dead back to life he still redeems things that are unredeemable he still restores things that are unrestorable he still heals things that are unhealable she saw him and she said because of a life that was saved because hope was restored because of the breakthrough that I experienced I'll pour it all out on you. Everything I got, I'll pour it out on you. And she pours it all out. Matthew 6, 21. It says where your heart is, where your treasure is. That's where your heart is also. I like it. Let's put it in the the message. I like the way this first part. It's obvious, isn't it? It's like God was going, duh. (laughs) Duh. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, That's the place you want to be most. And it's probably the place you'll end up being. Can I tell you, y'all, last night I preached this message in Nevada on tithe. And we had a young lady that walked in 45 minutes late but then surrendered her life to Jesus Christ. In the last few weeks, guys, with that, in the last few weeks, we've had 13 people, not counting people for prayer, 13 people make decisions for Jesus Christ. Someone says, Pastor Bo, where's your heart? It's in heaven, because that's where I want to end up being. Amen. Come on, somebody, where's your heart, Pastor Bo? Man, it's in the kingdom. Amen. It's in His dominion in my life. That's that's where I want to be. Amen. It's in the will of God because I want to be where He wants me to be. Come on, somebody. See, I think sometimes when we start talking about this stuff, we think that that preachers are saying, "Well, no, don't don't buy the new motorcycle. No, buy the new motorcycle and let me borrow it." Come on, somebody. Buy the boat and take me for a ride. But in the process of it, don't forsake the call of God and the commandment of God in your life. Yeah. Right. Don't, 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 don't put yourself in a position that you can't respond to what he's done for you. Amen. To the word and to grace. Worship team, come up. And to breakthrough. It's crazy. John 3.16, I like, I like John 3.16. I don't know if you've ever heard it or not. Oh, God. <laughs> for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son whosoever I'm a whosoever are you a whosoever that whosoever believes in him they won't die but they'll have eternal life in heaven. I, I like John 3.16 because God looked at He looked down at our lives and He saw that you were hopeless and you were in need of a Savior that was radical about you. He knew that you were in need of a God. that He knew that you couldn't do it on your own and He knew you needed a sacrifice. He knew you needed someone to pay the price for what you couldn't do by yourself. He looked down and saw you needed a Savior. He looked down and saw you needed hope. He looked down and saw you needed a future. He looked down and saw you needed joy. He looked down and saw you needed peace and you needed healing and you needed deliverance. He looked down and saw your need. He looked down and saw your need and he gave. And he gave Jesus his only son. He gave Jesus his only son. It's almost as if God was looking at your mess he was looking at my mess and he said I'm going to give you Jesus but the cool thing is he is the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God see you need the word I'll give you the word he said he'll be grace Titus says for the grace of God that brings salvation appeareth to all people he'll be your grace and he is And he will bring your breakthrough. Luke 4, Jesus walks in the temple, quoting Isaiah 61. He says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon him to bind up the brokenhearted. He says, I'm, "I'm reading, so I don't miss." He says, "The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on him to proclaim good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom, or to proclaim breakthrough for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners." He is the Word. He'll be your grace, and he'll bring your breakthrough. you bow your heads all over this place. We're going to sing this song. Prophesy your promise again and fear belongs in hell and sin and shame belong there too and we're going to sing it one more time and I just need you to take 120 seconds and ask God where you're at with him. Ask God what your relationship looked like with him. Is it real or was it just surface level? If it's real, good. If it's surface level let it go deeper and if you don't have one, today is your day. We're going to take 120 seconds and Pastor Clinton's going to give an invitation and then we're going to have baby dedications and and we're going to have announcements and we're going to take offering and tithe. But right now, we're just going to ask how God would have us to respond to the word, to grace, and to breakthrough.
0: Fear belongs in hell Shame belongs there too i am god i belong to you
2: looking around this morning maybe you're here today maybe you're online watching today, tomorrow, a year from now And maybe, maybe something in this message sparks something in you that you have value that can never be taken away that the God that created everything sent his son for you Maybe this morning you've never given your life to Jesus and you want to make Him your Savior today. Would you be bold enough on the count of three just to lift your hand right where you are and make that declaration today? Ready, one, two, three. Thank you. someone else the rest of us maybe today was an excellent reminder of the grace of God and the word and how it stands true through every circumstance through every struggle and trial as we follow God's direction, as we follow God's word, he never leaves us nor forsakes us. There's nothing that that is too strong for him or too big for him to conquer. That when he places visions and dreams in your heart and he calls you to it, if we walk through the the hard time, he promises to meet us in the victory on the other side. Can I pray with with you for that today? Father, I thank you, God, that your word is true, that I'm never alone. God, that you meet me when I mess up. You meet me when life is great. God, as I struggle, I can constantly and every single time turn to you and you bring me through. Father, I pray for the people this morning that are struggling in the middle of something great. God, that you would bless them this morning, that you would reach down and change their heart. You would put joy where fear exists. You would take away the shame of history and you would put in the grace that you already purchased for them. Father, I pray for all of us that we would follow your word and giving back to you our first fruits. Lord, I thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do this morning. Jesus, in your name we pray, amen and amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer or had that thought this morning, I'm so proud and thankful that you took this.
0: Hey guys, don't click out just yet. We're so excited that you could join us today don't forget to like and share this message and also subscribe to our podcast channel so that the latest message is always waiting on you if this ministry has had an impact on your life we would love to connect with you via social media on Instagram and Facebook we would also love to see you in person at one of our many locations for service times and locations or to give to this ministry you can download our app or visit us online at www.thehill.us we can't wait to hear from you and all that God is doing in your life. Have a blessed week, and we'll see you next time right here on The Hill Podcast.